to entertain you, we'll sing your songs. Hey there, are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week, we are talking about Bride of Chucky, which was kind of picked by Brian, but not fully picked by Brian. Let me give you a quick breakdown, and then we'll let Brian talk about it. Brian had picked a different movie, which really the biggest appeal of the movie was that he owned it and needed an excuse to watch it. But then he realized that he had boxed up all of his DVDs already for his move. So, like, the one advantage of that pick didn't really exist. And earlier, Scott was saying that he's been holding off on watching Bride of Chucky for waiting for one of us to pick it. So it seemed like a prime opportunity to give Brian a total layup pick with Bride of Chucky. Brian, I know that Bride of Chucky is something you would have picked eventually. So how mm-hmm. about you let us know the reasons why you would have picked it? I would have picked it because I think it was the personally... I think it was the the turning point in Child's Play. It was the right move. You know, they finally realized, like, a killer doll is kind of laughable, you know? So let's kind of focus more on the dark comedy aspect as opposed to, like, the horror aspect. I think this is the best Chucky movie. 
without a doubt. I always bounce back and forth between this. It's definitely in my top two. It's always bouncing between this and part two for me. But it really, it just depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in the mm-hmm. mood to like enjoy what is a very early example of like, well, not a very early, we've had earlier examples, but for for the time period, a, a good like meta horror, like taking that scream, what scream set out with their meta horror and applying it to a pre-existing character like, I think that Bride of Chucky made the, the smoothest transition into doing that. Mm-hmm. And I do think that some of the jokes still are really funny, some intentionally and some unintentionally. Like, I don't know. Oh, man, I just blanked on his name. I don't want to say the wrong name because it sounds like uh, it's almost the same as a guy that I went to high school with. But David M. I can't remember his last name right now. I don't know him personally, but I can't imagine that he wrote a line like, Pooh, something really smells back here and not intended it to be kind of comical in the way that it was said and delivered. Like, yeah. it's such a ridiculous line for someone to yell poo <laughs> in, yes. their, in their teenage years. What I, what I do love <laughs> about the, uh, the intro of this movie is when they made this movie, I feel like it was still a possibility to have the ultimate battle between... Freddy, Jason, Chucky, and Ash. Because they had Freddy's glove, they had Jason's mask, Mike Myers' mask, and they also had a deer head on top of the locker, which I think was for Evil Dead. That locker scene is a very entertaining, like, wink and nod to just being like, yeah, we know what we are. Yeah, but we're all in the same universe. Yeah, Yeah, but it's just so funny because, like, how did they get the the rights to do that? Because... Compass Pictures International is notoriously, well, maybe they weren't back in the, was this 99? I think it was 97. Compass Pictures International now is notorious for being complete sticklers of, about, you know, the their property in Michael Myers. Maybe they were running out of money in 97. Well, I think 96 <laughs> was Halloween 6, right? No, this would have been this would have been right at the time of Halloween H two O. So I think everybody was just on the H2O like H two O was two thousand or was ninety eight though, wasn't it? Oh, then maybe this was also ninety eight. Bride of Chucky is ninety eight. Yeah, Bride I was, gonna say, I was definitely in middle yeah, school when H2O Bride of Chucky is ninety eight as well. Crisis averted. <laughs> <laughs> well, also they they're talking about Tiffany goes. I'm sorry that it took a decade to find you. So yeah. I'm guessing that Child's Play was eighty eight. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so this was yeah, also... Yeah, 88. Which I did... And, I really liked that little bit of world building there, like where it kind of grounded... was well, such an ab- absurd concept and, and, and really said, okay, it's 10 years. We're going to be very on the nose about that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I think, that, like, it did its job of, like... They bring it up a bunch of times anyway, but, you know, it is, like, introducing Chucky to the 90s, essentially. Like, like I like that he's just, like, so stuck in his ways. And that leads to a lot of the funny... Like, I love... The, the idea that, like, Tiffany is just like, yeah, stabbing doesn't do anything for for me anymore. You got to get really creative with the yeah. kills these days. Yeah. And it's, like, such a wink and nod to, like, every horror person watching a slasher movie where it's like, yeah, I'm kind of over just the stabby stab. I need you to do something crazy. Yeah, and also it's really funny because Alexis Arquette plays Chucky's first kill of the movie, and, and they're like, Oh, that's so lame. Like, isn't that it's so eighties or something like that. I think I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was it was just a funny little I, I do like the wink and the nod. Now I've I've said it before, I'll say it again. This was the first watch that I've had of this movie since nineteen ninety nine. I watched okay. this movie on VHS nineteen ninety nine 
and never and I don't I didn't even remember that Catherine Heigl was in I didn't remember that John Ritter was in it you know like all I knew was that it was Jennifer Tilly you know it's okay it's not like something that I would seek out on a regular basis but I do think that it deserves a lot of the cult status that it, it has I think the other thing that's really funny about this movie is the introduction of Jen- uh, Jennifer Tilly into the movie because, I mean, sure, I'm sure she gets decent enough paychecks from it, but, like, if Seed of Chucky teaches me anything, it's that she actually has a lot of fun doing these movies. Oh, yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. Seed of Chucky has the ongoing joke where you find out that the character Tiffany is a giant Jennifer Tilly fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love when we have... These people, especially women, because like for better or for worse, mostly for worse, horror is a really male dominated, hyper macho, masculine kind of genre. Right. So when we have women that are like especially women that are older than us that are like into it, they really are like obvious horror enthusiasts and the two that come to mind now i mean obviously jennifer tilly and then the other one that really comes to mind that you'd never think is uh lisa Loeb. you know like yeah so funny to me i love that there's a lot of things I like the thing that always sticks out in my mind and i'm sure brian uh is going to agree with this but like i can't listen to living dead girl and not think of the opening of this movie like it is i i know i had already known the song because like hellbilly deluxe had been out and like that, that record was like a big record between me it and my middle school friends. Though. It was every. I didn't have a copy of it. I didn't need to have a copy of it because everyone else in school had a copy. Yeah, of it. It, but like I remember us renting this movie because we didn't get to see it in theater, so we rented it maybe a year later. And when that started playing, we were just like, "Fuck, this movie's amazing!" I got two <laughs> zombies in this movie. We got Rob oh, Zombie yeah. and White Zombie. Dude, I one of my notes is just. I don't know why, but Chucky rocking out to Thunder Kiss is so charming to me. Where he's because it's so bad with the little puppet headbang while he's yeah. got the, the devil horns up. Speaking of metal, <laughs> there's there's something I've been thinking about, and I don't know why, but it's so fascinating to me. Everyone talks about like the Stanford Prison Experiment and like how insane that outcome was, but like no one talks about how insane the experiment when we took all of like metal's biggest stars put them in a band called probot to see what would happen and somehow it sounded like a high school shitty metal band <laughs> man i remember when fucking probot came. that is man that is a deep cut it's because, a deep cut like, and they, they produced one good song and it was the song with lemmy that just sounded like any other motorhead song. yeah shake your blood shake your blood <laughs> i remember mario telling me like oh this band probot it's a super group blah blah, blah. i was like that sounds sweet burn me a copy of the cd he did and i was like I think that I listened to it once and I threw it away. Yes, <laughs> it's so bad. It's it's a prime example that not everything David Grohl does is gold. So I, speaking of music, I got to talk to you guys about Graham Revel, Revel's composition work because he's the composer for this movie. But and I was like, oh, that name's really familiar. What else do I Idle know Hands. From? He did the Idle Hands thing. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> but that's also what's so funny is that I went and looked at his, just his Wikipedia. And let me just give you a slice. I'm just going to go out, go with the horror. Horror movies that you guys would know that he's done. I'm going to start with the first one, 1990, Child's Play 2. Nice. And then he did People Under the Stairs. Did The Crow in 94. He did oh, Street Fight- Fighter in 94. He did Tank Girl in 95, Basketball Diaries. He did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, From Dusk Till Dawn, <laughs> The Craft, the, the Crow, City of Angels, Spawn. He, he did Bride of Chucky in 98. He's kind of low-key. He deserves more credit, man. He's been behind a lot of 
big movies. Yeah, and he's like making a. Then he he goes really weird in the two thousands with Pitch Black, Titan A E, Red Planet, Blow. He did the Daredevil movie. He did Freddy versus Jason. He did Open Water, Chronicles of Riddick. Assault on Precinct 13, Sin City. He did the Fog remake. He did Eon Flux. He So like a lot of video game movies. The last thing that he did that I know of that I recognize is like Riddick. And that's not everything he's done. That's just stuff that I recognize that would be of note on our show. So two things I'll bring up. Thing number one, Scott. Ichabod Crane covered yep. Call Me, correct? Yep, we did. And I was, was that like, because of this? Because I thought no. that the theme was songs in movies, and it I think I was. always just assumed it was because of Bride of Chucky. And I think we've no. had this conversation before, but I forget what Call Me's in that It led was to in that American thing. Gigolo. Okay. That song, so the whole EP was called Rot Your Brain because it was songs from movies and TV. I literally got the idea for that EP's concept because I heard Call Me in the mall and i was like i haven't thought about this song in like a decade this song is such a banger and i just started messing with it and that is one of my favorite covers that i've ever done like it just translated so well i could do another cover of call me for a future horrors release because of bride of chucky yeah well and that's so the funny thing with call me is that the first time we ever spoke you sent me the rot your brain ep yeah, to hear true. the cover of "Call Me," uh, and that's why I was just like, "Hey, it was for horror stuff. It has to be for Bride of Chucky." Because I always, to me, I feel like it's iconically used in this movie. Like it's like I don't know, it, it's a hell of a lot better than whatever the fuck that Patsy Cline crazy cover is that's in the middle of this. Ugh, yeah, I mean, why why didn't they just get the original? Because that's like such now that's an iconic song that's that they should have had for Jennifer Tilly. Well, I mean, anything Patsy Cline did is phenomenal, but like they should have gotten the original if they had the money. All of this happens pretty much in the first like 20 minutes the only other big thing i want to talk about in the first couple minutes that i think is really really funny and we've talked about this first kill chucky rips the the lip ring out which just oh, yeah. made me never want to have a pierced lip but i, I like love... you were thinking about it anyway yeah, you whiner. yeah uh but i love that they're just having this conversation while chucky's sitting on a pillow and you just hear the sounds of suffocation and struggle in the background, but it's never addressed. Like, they just keep having their regular, like, hey, how have you been? It's been a while. So I'm a doll. That's weird, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, I, I think that the movie follows a good tone. It could have gone too extreme to one end or the other, and I, I think it... It played the tone well enough. One of the lines that I always remember being charming in this was when they kill John Ritter. They shoot all the nails in his face, and Chucky stares at him for a couple seconds. He's like, I don't know why this feels so familiar to me. And it's just a pinhead reference. But like as a middle schooler, I was like, ah, Chucky's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some things that don't hold up, too, like the CGI glass falling on a bed. Um, you know, we've seen way worse CGI in the last six months, for sure. Oh, for sure. You know, it's but... not, it didn't bother me that much. And I'm usually the first person to bitch about CGI in these things. Yeah, I think the CGI glass and uh, their friend David getting just destroyed by a 18-wheeler uh, are the two Ooh, things where bad. the CGI that just really does not bad. look good. So I want you to take a clip of him pulling the gun on them in the car and if you can insert it in this episode because it may be the worst acting i've seen on this show <laughs> thus far all three of them he's like don't move he's like what are you doing man dave it's us <laughs> marvin 
Marvin Berry. Yeah, I don't need to pull the audio clip. That was it. Perfect. Note for note for note. Um, yeah, Matt's just trying to find an excuse not to do that extra work for you. <laughs> I just like this gag in general, but I love a good TV flipping through channels foreshadowing in a movie. Oh yeah, Jennifer Tilly in the tub and like every channel's like basically talking about murder. And then she lands on Bride of Frankenstein. And I, I actually do think that the the shot of the TV while she's being electrocuted, like, it's such a good juxtaposition of a kill with that TV, like, floating up with the screaming bride as she's being electrocuted and screaming simultaneously. And this is the guy who later went on to do Freddy versus Jason. But he did uh, The Bride with White Hair. And there is a little bit of, like, that... You know, when you watch like Asian cinema, there is a lot of like weird stuff. Like I, I think of like something like Halsu, where like Halsu is a crazy movie, but like the visual compositions of stuff are very thought out, and you can almost see that applied in certain scenes in Bride of Chucky, which I think is really really cool. Yeah, and I, I bouncing off of that, like I think that while I don't love the pacing of this movie, and I would I would say like personally, I would be more likely to rewatch. Charles Play 2 than yeah. Bride of Chucky, strictly due to the fact that it's, I mean, not that it's significantly more entertaining, but rather the pacing, I just it think moves, it's a little it bit moves more moves so mind. quick. I yeah, mean. And, 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 and Catherine Heigl is just such a fucking terrible actor. Um, yeah. So, like, that that's really what kind of makes it difficult for me to, to, to truly love this flick, but I think that it's a really good-looking movie, and there, maybe that's also because in the that late I mean we were just talking about this with disturbing behavior like that late 90s look is just it's like really slick and it's really really high quality and it just like that heavy saturation really dark shadows I, I don't know I really like that look and so any movie from that from the late 90s that looks good I can get down with you it's know? comfort food it's like yeah. it's cinematic comfort food uh, the only other line that I had written down that I, I thought was worth noting, uh, and it's the other super, super meta line, but it's after Chucky and Tiffany finally reveal themselves to these two kids, and they're basically forcing them. They kill some old couple in an RV, and they've stolen an RV to get to the graveyard in New Jersey. And they're like, so what happened to you exactly? And he, Chucky goes... It's kind of a long story. To be honest, if it was a movie, it would take about three or four sequels to truly give it justice. <laughs> yep. I love it. The other thing that's weird in this movie, and I mean, there's no other way to do it, but when you have the entire movie, like the entire movie being these animatronic puppets, when you do the wide shot where it's clearly two little people in costumes fighting with shovels, it is very jarring to cut to yeah. that shot. Oh, yeah. I noticed it. Like hitting the like the hood of the car, like yeah. when you push under the hood of the car, I'm like, they are so much taller than those dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna talk about the fucking scene. Oh uh, no, I mean that's classic. <laughs> we got there before Team America. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a. That was a line that I remember my friends used to quote all the time, where she's like, "You got a rubber." He's like, "Baby, I'm made of rubber," and she's like, "You're made of plastic." <laughs> that's my kind of humor though like i love super literal jokes and it's so dumb well and then it ends crazy like it leads into what would be seed of chucky but like it took so long for seed of chucky to happen that i was like 
for a long time was like, that's a really weird way to end this franchise. <laughs> How long was it between them? I feel like it was like at least five years. Like it was too long for a movie that clearly had a setup to a sequel is what I'm saying. Yeah, and the sequel is very odd as a follow like it works but i would say out of all the continuity the, that sequel is the weirdest yeah seed of chucky was 2004 so we're looking at six years after this one came out Eesh. i mean that was bride of chucky didn't i mean we, why was we, kathy and jimmy in here i have no clue but they talk about it on the commentary track where they're just like i think it was something like she was filming a movie nearby and she was friends with somebody, and they were just like, hey, you want to just do a quick cameo as a cleaning lady? And she was like, all right. So showed, weird. Showed up, took her like half a day, I guess, to like get into makeup, come in, shoot her scene, and go. Dude, when she came in, though, I was like that Leonardo DiCaprio meme from fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. All right, so let's talk double features. Brian, this was your pick. What double feature are you going to put this with? Fuck, man. It's very weird how I how I went to this, but I, I would do I would double feature it with Serial Mom. Okay. <laughs> and uh, both dark comedies. And even though we're talking Bride of Chucky, John Waters makes a cameo in the sequel to Bride of Chucky, who then went on to make Serial Mom. Serial Mom. Maybe we'll talk Although about that. Although he made series. it prior, so not yeah. then went on to make you know what I mean? Whatever. We get it. You know what, Scott? I'm going to give you a chance to steal mine just in case. No, no. I want you to go because I feel like mine is as low-hanging fruit. Okay. So I think that Bride of Chucky is the second best turning your horror franchise super meta mid-franchise but i think the best one is still jason lives nightmare on elm street six or uh, oh my god what the jason fuck lives was that? <laughs> jason lives friday the 13th part six uh which i still think is the best of like the hey in the middle of this franchise we're just going to be really meta about the fact that there's been six of these fucking things so what did you want to be when you grew up yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott, what's your did I take your low hanging fruit or no, did you No, no, okay. not at all. I I mean, and I think that yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with it. So because I was originally gonna be like, oh, Bride of Reanimator, because it's so much fun. Yeah. I absolutely love Bride of Reanimator. It's low hanging fruit though, because it's got the bride of in the title, right? But then I was thinking maybe Return of the Living Dead Three. But Return of the Living Dead Three is really bleak. 
Like yeah. I love it, but it is really bleak. So I think that if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be doing a true double feature, it's gonna have to be two upbeat movies. Okay, I mean that's fair. All right, Brian, something that you watched, thought about, read, whatever <laughs> that you want to promote. Oh, that I want to promote. Oh, <laughs> or talk shit. about whatever, or it could be shit on <laughs> whatever. No, I've I'm watching Tom and Jerry. Uh, it's been about four <laughs> four tries thus far. <laughs> Fucking. W- what that bad <laughs> no it's fine like it's just <laughs> i i want to watch it and i don't know why and then like <laughs> i i tried to explain it to jade because she was giving me the side eye while i was watching it and i like used my words wrong i'm like i'm only watching it because it's free she's like we have so many streaming services there's so <laughs> many movies you can watch because they're free i'm like no but it's in theaters and it's free for the month just leave me alone uh but <laughs> wait, I do wait, wait. Have- tom and jerry like the cartoon, right? We're talking yeah, about the cartoon. Yeah, they made a movie. Oh, uh, oh, that makes a HBO lot Max. more sense. Yeah, it's yeah. on HBO Max for the next month. But I do have to, I, I have to say, like I said, I'm rewatching the Marvel movies, and I made a comment about it doesn't like anytime you use CGI, you're putting like a expiration date. I don't think that. I think 20 years from now, people will watch Doctor Strange and be amazed by it. Personally. Yeah. Yeah, I dude. Think, I think that oh, is I love the Dr. anomaly. Strange so much. Yeah, we just watched the last night. I'm like, this is so fucking cool to watch. Well, you know, I it, I think that there are some scenes that are a little goofy, like just a little bit with the human body stuff. But like, not. I mean, like the human body in the the CGI is always the hardest thing, in my opinion. Yeah, for yeah. them to get right. But like. Man, all the other shit is so perfect. Like the sigils, like the the uh, the mystical signs that are in the air when he does, you know, cast spells and yeah. stuff like that. That I I agree with you. Twenty years from now, that's still gonna look good. Yeah, I will eat my words. I just can't believe. Like, I feel like I just started this Marvel endeavor like a week ago, and it's like I have four movies left. Yeah, that's insane Dude, they, to me. They they fly because you know what it is. It's that the good to bad ratio is very leaning so, towards good. Yeah, it's so, so like, yeah. like it's not like again we talked about like watching the the like Friday Thirteenth movies where it's like yeah that ratio is like at best down the middle. <laughs> like, yeah. So like, but like when it's like okay you got to suffer through like a couple like Dark World Thor movies, but like on the whole most of them you're like yeah I rewatch that again whatever that was fun so i'm going to keep mine short because i still have like 3 episodes left as i've been getting ready to move out uh, my parents and i have been watching a show that like was on amazon prime like 7 years ago and i never got around to watching it called red oaks that someone had told me to check out uh, and they were just like you'll love it it's it's basically like caddyshack the tv show that's a pretty fair assessment it's written by david gordon green who did like snow angels and pineapple express and a bunch of other like he has a weird blend of doing indie darling movies as well as like just mainstream stoner comedies but yeah it's just it's about a kid it's the 80s and he's hired to be like the tennis pro at this fancy country club and it just is the hijinks of him like getting stoned with his friends at the country club and like dating you know the daughter of like the president of the country club and it it really hits all of the caddyshack beats while a being not nearly as like outdated in its humor but also like it is very much uniquely its own thing and it actually has a little bit more of what i think caddyshack want it to be from reading like the making of uh they want it caddyshack to really be a true coming of age story about like a kid who 
like grows as a person and then in the edit the studio was like just show all of the Chevy Chase and and, uh, big name stars and really like trim down the actual storyline of the main character that starts and ends the movie Uh, he kind of doesn't exist throughout like Wow, that explains that a lot about that movie. Yeah, yeah like, because think about it. That movie begins with Danny Noonan waking up and going to the country club, and then Noonan is barely in the movie until the end when he saves the day at the golf course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> explains so much about it. And I mean, I don't like Caddyshack, yeah. but also I fucking hate anything with Chevy Chase in it because he's, oh, well, he's, except for he's the Three a, Amigos, but yeah, that's he's it. He's a piece of shit. But. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was telling Brian, I was reading a book called Wild and Crazy Guys about like that whole comedy scene, and they do not even attempt to paint Jimmy Chase in a positive light, even in that book, which is supposed to be about how his whole generation like changed comedy. And like every chance that they get, they're just like, yeah, Chevy Chase is kind of a piece of shit. Anyway, let's talk about Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> Doug Kenny hated it too. He hated yeah. Caddyshack. All right, Scott, what did you watch that you want to talk about so Brian can go look at a house? <laughs> I just want to say um, I listen, I've been listening to a really good death metal album. Um, and I don't usually pimp metal on the show very often um, because most of it is very fly by night now. I've heard everything. A million times but um i really like this band called summoning the lich i think they're from michigan they are really good i i would just call them like death metal but they they have some like deathcore elements and some kind of melodic metalcore elements too the cool thing that i really like about them is that they play in standard tuning which is um they, rare. you know yeah. <laughs> very very rare i mean I, I don't even play in standard tuning i i play in you know, drop C and they play in E standard apparently. So I think that's pretty cool because um, it's always fun to find a band that can make like aggressive and heavy music without having ultra low tuned guitars. Uh, but the record is called United in Chaos. It just came out uh, maybe a couple weeks ago at this point, and it's really good. Highly recommend anybody give it a give it a, a listen. And um, you know what would be great is if someone tells them that we talked about them like that time that i was talking about fku on the show and then they <laughs> came and they were like hey thanks for the shout out on the episode because that will be the tits thanks everybody <laughs> all right well that was bride of chucky as picked by brian uh from 1998 as we discovered in the middle of recording this episode it's very <laughs> important that we know that information uh so what are we going to talk about next week? I'm glad you asked, and I'm definitely not vetting for time while I pull up the list to find out what we're going to talk about next week. Why would I do that? That's insane. But while I'm definitely not doing that, you should also hit up our Patreon at patreon.com backslash podcast, where you can get all of your good podcasting needs and desires. Anyway, what I was saying was that Brian made a reference to the movie that we're going to be talking about next week. So just strap in, get yourself some breakfast before you record, guys. Can I uh, suggest any type of cereal would be good and we will be back you're listening to the geekscape network Hey there, 
Are you obsessed with things that happened before your time? Well, if you are, join me, the host of Before My Time, Gelsey Laurie, to discuss the wonders of the yesteryears that we weren't around to enjoy ourselves. You can find us on all podcast platforms. Soon you'll be swaying, so come on, sing along. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 